Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel Rumination Thursday on this December the 9th in the year of our Lord 2021. This is where we take a look at items that are occurring in the world that have something to do with Christianity. I'm Tom Baker, pastor, and with me is Wes Reimnitz, pastor. Good morning, Wes. Good morning, Tom. Good to hear you. Well, you really got a good one today. Uh, When somebody says they are American, it's pretty clear what they are saying. If someone says, I am a policeman, there's no doubt as to their job. But you found an article that shows that when someone describes themselves as a Christian, it can have a lot of different meanings. And, you know, it took me a while to find that article. It actually started, the search started a couple of weeks ago when I was out over a cup of coffee with a friend at Panera's and told him that we often look for ideas for the program. He gave right. me an op- opinion page on evangelical. It's not quite evangelical anymore today. And I said, well, it's an opinion page. I need to do further research. It took a couple of weeks to find this article that what do we mean when we say that we are Christian in America? Yes. Uh, the release date for the survey was August 31st, 2021. So that was just a couple of months ago. The Cultural Release, Release Research Center is at Arizona Christian University, and it is really part of George Barna's director of research. He is the one guiding this, and he wanted to know, what do people mean when they say they are Christian? And boy, did he find out uh, after interviewing lots of Christians, uh, lots of people, Uh, They they first of all found out that the vast majority of Americans, 69%, identify themselves as Christian. But then, when he took a look at, well, how many of them have the traditional teachings and possess a biblical worldview and believe the Bible, that was only nine percent of the population is that the lutheran church missouri synod well it certainly is the lutheran church missouri synod uh what what bothers me is that i think there's more than 13 million people who have that we have what six thousand congregations alone about two million people right there plus we're in fellowship with many other denominations especially overseas and such so but let's say that they're kind of correct because what he does he divides them into six categories um well actually five First of all, those who think they're born again, who are evangelical, 
and theologically born again and integrated disciples. And integrated disciples possesses a biblical worldview. And that's only 6% of adults, which means in his point of view, it's only 15 million Christians out of the 176 million that self-identify themselves as Christians. Well, as as you explained it, it kind of reminds me of of what we've always have said, you know. And and I've done this before, as as you have pointed out uh, the illustration. If you die tonight, or, or woke up the next day and found yourself in heaven, who would you give all the credit to? And most uh, most believing Christians would say Jesus, and even though I, I've done this with Roman Catholics who believe in purgatory and some other things, they forsake that and that belief and believe only in Jesus. Yes, we've got this situation where we really have some pretty good polling here. Seventy-two percent of these so-called Christians argue that people are basically good. Seventy-one percent consider feelings, experience, or the input of friends as their most trusted source of moral guidance, not not the Bible. 66% say that having faith matters more than which faith you pursue. 64% say that all religious faiths are of equal value. 58% and here's something for law and gospel, that if you are good enough, you can earn your way into heaven. And therefore, 52% claim that determining moral truth is up to each individual because there are no moral absolutes that apply to everyone all the time. And I think we need to unpack those the statistics a little bit as to how it, it uh, plays out in American society. For instance, the use of the word faith, that all religious faiths are of equal value. Um, where in the Bible does it talk about faith for the believer or faith of, of an unbeliever? It doesn't. I, I you know, we've talked about this many times, that uh, is how we use that word faith. And the Bible's view of faith is trust in the promises of the gospel, which means believing in Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, there are other parts of faith, namely that you believe also the morality of what the Bible says. In fact, Less than half, 46%, believe that the marriage of one man to one woman is God's plan for humanity, which means 54% of Christians would okay marriage of a homosexual variety that isn't contrary to God. Now, here's where we can really be helpful. 40%. 40% believe that when they die, 
they will go to heaven. Just 40%. Mm. And that's because they don't understand law and gospel. They look at their works and they really doubt. And we find that even among Lutherans sometimes, wondering if I'm really going to go to heaven or not. And I think that's a a good point that you bring out, that uh, how how one makes it to heaven. And uh, from our law and gospel perspective, as you're talking about that, that is it's a difference. The, the uh, article talks about John twelve or John eight verse twelve that Jesus spoke to them, saying, "I am the light of the world." Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That uh, as Christians, we 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 should, in in a sense, be following what Christ has to say over and against uh, uh, worldviews or moral equalness of of various religions. Well, they interpret that verse to mean that a person is therefore saved by his good works. And that's a problem with the survey. The people who did the survey, they don't even understand what Christianity teaches. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's a point well taken because uh, one, one of the disconnects that they make is between uh, that the Bible is less accurate. Uh, there's 52% of, of the respondents on this that uh, the Bible's not as accurate. It's got its flaws. You know, we've got to somehow search out the truth. Yes. Uh, nearly six out of ten who claim to be even born again do not meet the widely accepted biblical definition of being born, which means they will go to heaven because they have confessed their sins and accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. We, we've talked a lot on Law and Gospel about these people who really don't believe the Bible, but they believe what they are commonly thinking about, what their old Adam tells them to think about. And they really have a great ignorance of what the Bible truly teaches. And sometimes when you tell them what the Bible truly teaches, they deny it because they don't agree that the Bible is the word of God. Right. In, in the survey, it talked about that, that uh, some who believe are the best indicator of a successful life is constant obedience to God. And I put in my notes there, Joel Olstein and, and similar type that talk, success is, is yours by believing. Yes, they, they get these teachings from everyday conversations. What... Um, was interesting, you have Christians, born-again Christians, evangelical Christians, and integrated Christians, and they examine things. That the Bible is the accurate, reliable Word of God. 99% of integrated disciples, remember that's only uh, 9% of Christianities, they believe that. But 
only around 52% of people who call themselves Christians believe the Bible is the accurate, reliable word of God. And of course, that leads some of our people to think that, well, maybe we can persuade them by using logic or reason or evidences, which of course will never persuade anybody to become a Christian. Right, and we've discussed this before. For instance, in, in Elka, there, there a while back Elka. when they had their convention. Elka. Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Okay. They had their convention where they invited uh, various religions to come up to the to the uh, podium, podium and yeah, and and uh, show themselves as as brothers and sisters of the faith, so to speak. And they were wondering about the truth. And uh, if you remember, a pastor got up from from the uh, uh, crowd and said, we can know who Jesus is because and know who God is because of John chapter 14, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And anybody who denies that is not saved. And he was right. highly criticized for saying that in front of a Buddhist, a Hindu, uh, and these other religions. And is it, is it any small wonder that we, we run across this, uh, that only 52% say the Bible is accurate and reliable? They, they, they tear down its walls in that instance of other religions. Or they, they uh, say it's inaccurate when when we talk about pastors only being male, or it's inaccurate because of, of of abortion. Yes, that was a thing that they talk about quite a bit, namely the the social issues, the biblical views of people who call themselves Christians, and there was a pretty good percentage that believed that abortion uh, was okay under certain circumstances. And many of these Christians, and that was just under a majority, they believed an abortion, gay rights, gun policy against guns, environmental protection, immigration laws, etc. And the various segments of Christians held distinctly different places concerning social issues. So self-identified Christians, just one-third of them embraced liberal or progressive positions on social issues. And then you wonder, well, how come someone like President Biden got elected? Well, just one out of five integrated disciples, those are the ones who believe the Bible to be the word of God, voted for Joe Biden in the 2020 election. That was less than half as many who voted for President Biden among self-identified born-again Christians. That was 41% voted for him. Self-identified evangelicals, 43%. And in between the ends of the continuum were the theological born-agains, among which 30% voted for the current 
president. Now, they do say that no Christian segment, they have five of them, had a majority voting for Joe Biden, but his victory was the result of a broad array of non-Christian segments, Jews, Muslims, adherents of Eastern religions, the irreligious, and other non-Christian faith groups supported him by substantial margins, overcoming the division within the Christian vote. So it has a difference when a person says, I'm a Christian, and they don't mean that that means that they believe the Bible as the inerrant word of God. Well, you know what all of this tells me after reading the report, don't you? Well, it tells me hundreds of things. What's it tell you? <laughs> the need of of our getting out the good news and and educating, you know, in Bible classes with with our members on how to to witness to those that of these various opinions because we'll no doubt run into them daily in in our lives as. Uh, we go out, whether it's friends or coffee clutches or work or just just variety of places, and the need to speak the truth in love and uh, speak the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to them. Yes, we've talked a lot about what I like referring to as everyday theology. That's the theology that is in the minds of many people they do not get that everyday theology from scripture. They get it instead from their friends, from their peers, etc. In fact, we're doing a study on Proverbs in one of the churches I'm at. And uh, the first chapter in Proverbs warns us about not following our peers and doing what they want us to do because it's fun because they'll give us companionship and because we'll maybe make money off of bad things. And so Proverbs is very interesting here. And yet a vast majority of people who call themselves Christians, uh, for example, they would say that cheating on your income tax isn't necessarily wrong if it's just a little amount small tax deductions, which you're not eligible for, you can put down. And the other big one, having sexual relations with someone that you love and expect to marry in the future was morally acceptable to three times as many Christians as there are. So we've got some work to do, don't we? Oh, yes. And back to John 8, you know, Jesus talks, as he's talking with the Jews, they talk about them being the, the Abraham's their father, and of course Jesus says uh, their father is really the devil. But he makes that uh, iconic statement that we review, uh, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And, uh, and of course we know that, uh, that from John 14, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, the, the, the need to, to follow him as Christ has asked us to follow him and, and not uh, the opinions of, of, uh, of mankind because you, 
you'll run into a million different opinions. But with with the word, you hit, hit one opinion, and that is God's. I think we've got a real good positive thing is that even so-called Christians who really differ with us on morality and some of the doctrines of the Bible doesn't mean that they are not Christian. Uh, For example, we've got Southern Baptists who don't believe in infant baptism. We've got Presbyterians and Reformed who don't believe it's the body and blood of Christ in the sacrament. I'm not going to jump to the conclusion that therefore they're going to hell. No, they still can hold to basic Christian teachings, which means, especially if they've been baptized, they have the Holy Spirit. So when we talk to them, we have the Holy Spirit on our side, working with them as we share with them, as you said, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And who knows, if a guy like Saul, who was killing Christians, could be converted, then we need to remember there's nobody who can't be converted as God so wills. Uh, that That is a great point. I mean, the necessity of our uh, uh, preaching the word or speaking the word out there, you know, uh, the one aspect that I always liked about witnessing is the witness of scriptures with um, with scripture reading so that the Holy Spirit is working on their heart so that when I part from them for a while, their, their struggle is no longer with anything that I said or didn't say, but with the Holy Spirit and convicting their hearts. Yes. Um, over the years, riding with Uber, talking to passengers, I have come to a decision as to what is the best way to break through these Christians who don't believe the Bible. And the way I do that is I make a big point. I usually say it this way. In regard to works, there is no work that you can do that will make a difference as to whether you go to heaven or hell. Now, when they hear that, they have no understanding of what I'm talking about because Mm. they believe that works decides whether you go to heaven or hell, but it doesn't. What decides is faith or unbelief. And that really allows us to get into a, a big discussion about the works that save us are not ours. They're actually those of Jesus Christ who died on the cross, paid for our sins, and now through faith in him declares us righteous, a faith that is given by the Holy Spirit, not something that we conjure up ourselves. Ephesians chapter 2, by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, lest anyone should boast. There are so many passages in the Bible right now, and I would encourage people to read Romans 3 and Galatians 3 to see this difference between law and gospel that works never can save you. 
I had those chapters marked here for today's discussion, too, which we're kind of running out of time, but I would agree with you 100%. All right. Thank you very much. That was Pastor Wes Reimnitz. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. Tomorrow is Open Mic Friday, where you can send me an email, and I will try and answer your questions. And it could be about this document. It's a very important one, just out this last August, and helps us to understand why we're having such difficulty in keeping people in churches. Until tomorrow then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.